Ethan, I've... you don't have kids. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just supposed to walk up and like. You definitely shouldn't be walking around licking kids, Ethan. Yeah, like, how else are you supposed to know if it's yours uh, or not? You got to know the taste. Oh my I'm god! I'm not even gonna comment. What? I'm not even gonna comment. <laughs> we're gonna need to cut that out. Time to learn. Time to laugh. It's the death address. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Death Address. Today we have another kind of special episode. We're jumping away from the real, real life history um, concept that we normally go with, and this episode is going to go with a mix of fictional characters that each of us decided to do a little bit of research on. So we're going to go uh, in kind of a mixed order. I think Ray's going to start us off with his character. None of us know who we're doing yet, so it's going to be a little bit of a surprise to all of us. Uh, should be a fun one, so uh, take us away, Ray. We all know who we're doing. We don't know who each other's doing. Well, we know we're, yeah, we know who we're doing, but we don't know. Who, I think that was kind of obvious. Obviously, we know who we're doing. Who's doing who? <laughs> oh, I, just, I just have a roulette of names, and I was just going to let it happen. I was just yeah, going to say how people. I was going to start saying how people die. Wait, what did you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So I guess I will take it away. Let's do it. So, first of all, a disclaimer about my character would be if if you played the Paragon run through, he indeed dies. If you are to go renegade, you can save him. But he is a character in the Mass Effect universe. His name is Morden Solus. Uh, Morden is a male Solarian. I'm already um, crying. He, <laughs> he was already, so this is really interesting, and I didn't know this, That and according to the lore within the Mass Effect universe, um, he was actually nearing the end of his lifespan anyway. Oh. Um, they are warm-blooded amphibians with a hyperactive metabolism and are known for their relatively short lifespans compared to other races in the galactic community. So they actually have a shorter lifespan than humans. Uh, Turians, I believe, can live to be like 150. They can get old as <laughs> shit. Um, I'm, just, I'm just like, he tricked us all. That motherfucker. We were yeah. all sitting here sad. It makes exactly. it look so heroic. It's like, he knew. He's like, I'm going to die tomorrow anyways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've been, yeah, exactly. But Solarians are a very, very hyper-intelligent race known for their observational capability and non-linear thinking, um, which manifests as an aptitude for research and espionage. So a lot of them are very, very technologically advanced. Um, typically, they're very good hackers and scientists and everything. But... uh. So this character comes about in Mass Effect 2, and he ends up being one of my favorites, personally. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I honestly, he was the most enjoyable to talk to. He was great to take on every mission. Um, I would never leave him behind as soon as I got him. He could pretty much hack anything that you needed, light people on fire with his incinerate abilities and everything. Um, So throughout 2, you just kind of really, really get to know him and his loyalty mission is actually has to do with a certain it, he basically sterilized an entire race <laughs> in the <laughs> oh, yeah. um so he sterilized the krogans yeah. because the krogans were actually they were going to be able to take over the galaxy because they reproduce at such a massive rate they're like space rabbits so yeah. his loyalty mission in mass effect 2 was to go find his uh predecessor or um, underling or assistant Malin, who is trying to cure the genophage. 
And yeah, so eventually Morden finds Malin, who is revealed to have voluntarily joined the Krogan due to guilt over helping develop the genophage with Morden. The genophage is the sterilization weapon, essentially, is what it was. But finding out that Malin was performing such insane tests that were so brutal on his test subjects that you actually get to let Morden kill Malin, or depending on your actions, you can save Malin. Um, and then you discover that Malin has actually found really valuable data that could prove useful in curing the genophage in case it was necessary. And the player can either choose whether to destroy it or save it. Um, honestly, that decision may play kind of a part um, in the second game, but it ends up circling back around in Mass Effect 3, which is where we're moving on to next. Morden is no longer a um, Morden is no longer a playable companion in Mass Effect 3. Basically, on Tachanka, they finish the cure, kind of no matter what, and then you basically get to decide. Um, and this is the choice. This is why I say if you're Paragon or Renegade, it really depends. But most of the time, I would always do Paragon run-throughs. And you can either convince him to let him fix the sabotage and cure the genophage, thus having the Krogans be cured of their sterilization, therefore they can repopulate. And the deal was, is that you cure the genophage, the Krogans will fight with you in the Galactic War with the Reapers. Um, so as soon as Morden finishes the cure and gets ready to plant it in the Shroud, he's going up an elevator and he walks into this the very top of the shroud in order to distribute this cure of the genophage. And he starts singing this song. <laughs> and let me tell you every single time he's going up that elevator, I get a little teary eyed mm -hmm. um, to say the least. And once he gets up there, I'm pulling up a song right now. <laughs> All right. Well, Mass Effect, man. Mass Effect is just so good for its like character building. It's you get so, so expansive, like... and I really wish that I could express like for people who haven't played this game. After any mission you do, go talk to your squad mates. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's um, one of the only games where I've been so connected to like all of the characters. You know. Yes. You know um, when, it, when it came out, I was a young lad, so I focused a lot of time on Miranda. <laughs> oh, yeah for that sure was number two um <laughs> number one was ashley or liara or caden or garris i guess <laughs> so what did the solarians look like like their race so they're like like froggy I, looking people they're like kind of. kind of froggy looking they have big old eyes they kind of have lumps on their head um almost like a hammerhead frog they're red they're red and white in color <laughs> in the face it's a um, hammerhead frog <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with human dope, dope. features for arms and legs, yeah, like humanoid shaped, yeah. <laughs> a bipedal yeah. humanoid hammerhead yeah, frog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty, can I please pull this song up? Yes, song lyrics. All right, <laughs> here it is. Is this gonna be copyright? If you play I... less than six seconds, it's cool. <laughs> <here. laughs> I was like, you need to stop at a certain amount. <laughs> you get six seconds of the songs, guys. If you so, sing it yourself, so it's this a cover. is so as he's walking True. through this shroud after he steps out of this the elevator to go distribute this cure, he sings, "I'm the very model of a scientist, Solarian. I've studied species Turian, Asari, and Batarian." I'm quite good at genetics as a subset of biology because I'm an expert, which I know is a tautology. 
My xenoscience studies range from urban to agrarian, and I am the very model of a scientist Solarian. And so as he sings that, he says Solarian at the very end, he hits the button to distribute this cure and the whole shroud just blows up essentially on him. And so he basically, throughout the course of the game, he made it to where the Krogans could not reproduce and then realized the error of his ways and how he basically condemned an entire race in the galaxy to be on the brink of extinction. Um, And then the final set of the lyrics goes... I was on a team that modified the genophage. In fact, some would call me a Solarian sage coming at you with incinerate and cryoblast. Watch out because I'll drop you in your armor fast. My xenoscience studies rang from urban to agrarian, and I am the very model of a scientist Solarian. And then he, you're, the camera pans out. You're from Shepard's point of view. And mind you, this is after just this massive battle with the queen of all Thresher Maws, which Thresher Maws, you don't want to meet one of them in a dark alley. It's <laughs> you huge. don't want to meet one. <laughs> and so after all that, you basically send Morden to his death because you want to be a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, like I said, if you do play the Renegade side, um, you're not going to want Rex to be alive because he'll know you didn't actually cure the genophage and he'll get pissed and the Krogans won't fight with you. But if Rex didn't survive in your first playthrough, you will be working with a guy named Erdnot Reeve and he won't ever find out. You can send Morden to this ship and he can live out the rest of his short time on a ship. But it is probably the most powerful death in the entire yeah, game because it's one of the only deaths that takes place because you want to be a good guy. Well, so I mean, that's it's just the like the, the whole meaning of it of him like doing it and mm-hmm. just I don't know. It's it's the character the choices you have to, yeah, and the sacrifice. It makes you send and, someone in to sacrifice. It's, yeah, it happens, yeah. and you're sitting there like in silence, like with 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 tears forming of like what what happened? What did yeah. I just do? Well, and like your your, your <laughs> first place. Your first playthrough, you don't know that it's going to happen, of course. And I like, it was one of those things where I wanted to go back and change it so bad, but I didn't Mm -hmm. have the renegade option to send him to the ship. So he was like Mm -hmm. dead in my universe. So, and that's (laughs) one of the coolest things. If you haven't checked out Mass Effect, I highly recommend that you do. They did just come out with an updated version. And honestly, that is probably about a 10 minute segment of a hundred hours worth of playthrough. And that's if you sprint not more. Yeah, for real. The right. game is um, amazingly big. It's There's expansive. Um, an insane amount of lore behind every character. I honestly have probably beaten a one through three playthrough six times in my life now. And I just, I still am going to go back and revisit it again at some point. Um, and I'm still going to send Morden to his death <laughs> again. <laughs> yeah. should, should we have like a, a spoiler warning for any of our characters, even though like most of these things yeah, have probably. probably been out for a while. <laughs> so spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> do you guys uh, know that, do you recognize the song that that was based off of the modern major general from the pirates of Penzance? Or is that no. just me? No, it's just I think you. it might have been you. I think it might have just been you, but that's really cool that it was based off of that. Yeah, go listen to that song. He spits hot fire before his death and then burns it. (laughs) But but yeah, he like he wraps wraps up that song, pushes the button to distribute the cure, and then it just pans out and the shroud just explodes. 
and the Damn. cheer goes everywhere and the crowd goes wild. Uh, and the crowd yeah. goes wild. I got cheer <laughs> all over me. I got cure all over me. No. No. <laughs> all right. But, was yeah. there was there any sort of like childhood or anything like that, or it was just his background of the the, the genophage shit? Um, a lot of it is just the background of his genophage stuff, but um just in his found like in the foundation comic series published on March 2014, it focuses it focused on his creation and modifications of the genophage prior to the game's events. Um, he's introduced talking with other high-level Solarians about weakening the genophage. They agree to Morgan's proposal of strengthening it. Uh, Morden researches and develops the new genophage strain in less than a week. A month later, he and the other STG members, which is a s- special group of uh, Solarian operatives, essentially it'd be like their Navy SEALs. Um, SEAL Team Solarian. They go to Tachanka to test it on a Krogan colony, and the intended deployment site turned out to be occupied by a Krogan gathering led by a female rather than being empty. And the Krogan noticed the STG team and fire upon them. The team retreated back to the shuttle. So, yeah, there's not really much um, about his... Yeah, about his... And, and yeah, like, um, get, just going back to the whole game, too. Like, if you've played the game, it's such a hard decision, too, because you meet a lot of... Um, God, I can't. I just, I just blanked on what Rex and all of them are that you were talking about. Krogans. Krogans. Yeah. You meet so many Krogans and there's so many different ones, just like Solarians and stuff. So it's like, it's hard to to choose to not help the Krogans in that sense too, knowing that you're going to have to do that with Morden. Well, it's and then of course, of sweet things, even too. though there might've been any holes to begin with. And that's why they did the genophage. Right. <laughs> Another crazy thing too well, yeah, is the like, Krogan war. Yeah, and then um, I would also love to do. Um, it, I don't know if I could get away with the death address on it, but there's so much cool lore. Like there's certain things that they talk about, like doing a show about the Blitz, which happened mm-hmm. with the Turians and the humans, which se- like seems insane. It's so cool. You do the Mass Effect address, but uh, <laughs> I will say that in his development, uh, they tried altering his head horns and eye shape to make him look unique. In his finished designs, Morden is missing a horn, um, so unexplained with his origins to the left, and it's left to the player's imagination. Nice. Oh, I so got a lot of that. that. I, I got a lot of that. Stuff. Um, but yeah, there's just so much rich like history, and even in. Like Mass Effect Three, like Dakota was saying, like all the kinds of crazy stuff that happens. That like you want to be the good guy, like you want to help the Krogans out. They shouldn't be suppressed yeah. like this. They even introduce you to a female in the third game, like all kinds of stuff to make you want to make the right choice. And like I said, you have no idea that you're sending Morden to his death until it actually happens. Like you think yeah. that he's just going up to repair it, and it's one of those things where you just kind of set the controller down and put your head and, in your hands when it happens. And Morden. Unfortunately, isn't the only one. There's lots of amazing story in that game. It's my favorite game. I actually just just got my first tattoo ever of a, a yeah. Mass Effect tattoo on my calf. It's pretty dope. It but yeah, anybody that's never played it, I highly recommend it as well. With Ray, it's it's an amazing game and tons of hours of well, and a and lot. So and also, here would be my advice to people as well: don't listen to the critics about the ending. Uh, yeah, the I ending agree. is the ending is totally fine. It's honestly more about the decisions that you made along the way and how you mm-hmm. shape the universe throughout the game. 
because I was I, satisfied with the dude, ending, and then when they made the three different endings to go along with it, I was still fine with it. Like, yeah, exactly. Same. I there's mean, I so thought, much throughout the games that it do, there doesn't need to be that much in the ending. You know, the ending needed to be what it needed to be. Exactly, and there's just so many cool moments, like sitting and shooting bottles with Garrus on the Citadel, and like stuff like that. Like, there's just I've never felt so immersed in a world before. Yeah, and it like you control everything pretty much like there's people that if you don't play the first game that won't be in the second game mm-hmm. and then you'll go back and you'll play the first game and then they'll show up in the second game just because you played the first one yeah. like it's the whole decisions s- in the first one that don't come back until the third one like they do exactly of, like all of it <laughs> yeah and honestly like i felt like they really tied everything up so well throughout the entire series that i didn't really expect a different ending like that's honestly how i figured it was gonna go yeah. um we won't say anything more on that and i believe yeah, we could uh we could go on and on about mass effect yeah sure. we could talk uh, Ray we and could... i could but yeah, um, isn't the mass effect so what, like so, so like we normally do what is the moral of morden morden's story i think the moral is is that even when you make mistakes it's never too late to rectify or at yeah. least attempt to atone for Rectum. them make reparations rectum <laughs> rectum <laughs> Solid, solid yeah. work. Wait, another yeah. question I have though. Since he was like singing and doing his duty in the line of you know <laughs> duty, <laughs> do you think that he died with a smile on his face? Oh yeah, he does. He, he absolutely did. He, he actually did. He pressed the button. He, he smiles <laughs> and everything blows up. He legit does. He died. With I a wasn't smile. gonna say anything because it's making me cry. But he died. With a smile. <laughs> Uh, but Big yes, he, he did. Beautiful, um, right? beautiful. But yeah, I think yeah. that that is the moral of his story. Um, is that he realized that he suppressed an entire race, and then was it right? No, but did he make up for it in the end? Yeah, he paid the ultimate price for it, but he made sure that he did it what was, was like, right in the end. So only only you can prevent Krogan it's, genocide. It's never damn it, too guys! Late. Why'd you spoil Mass Effect? I haven't played these yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, so, well, okay. Sorry Spoiler for anybody else out there. And, and uh, <clears throat> we're going to continue because, like I said, we can go on for fucking years on Mass Effect. But seriously, uh, Andy, Ethan, or I, who would like to go next? I mean, I guess I can, unless anybody else wants to go next. Ethan, you go. I don't care. Hugo. I want to hear, hear Ethan's first. No, no, Hugo. You go. All right, let's go, Ethan. Uh, <laughs> so I did a character. Just as everybody else did. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, <God>, bro. <laughs> um, he starts off as, you know, one of the main protagonists. Should I, like, let you guys guess who it is or should I just say who it well, is? Well, just with you starting off, I already have a couple of guests. Well, you didn't even tell us where they're from. We know where they're from. Tell the guests where they're from. Tell the people, tell the people <laughs> That's listening. That's why I was them. getting there. Um, but he's, he starts off as, a, as one of the main protagonists in... Dragon Ball, yeah. In Dragon know. Ball, is it is Early. it Pickles? No, Pickles is later on. Oh, Piccolo is yeah, like you did say, did you say, When you say Dragon Ball, is it like just Dragon Ball or like Dragon Ball Z? Or? No, he he is a, a constant throughout all forms of Dragon Ball. Is it is it mm-hmm. free, is it the Freezy Man? Nope he he's got a friend that is always with him. Oh, is it Vegeta? No, no, not quite. 
I'm just throwing out guesses until you get it. It's a it's a little it's a little cat that can shapeshift for no inexplicable (laughs) reason besides that it went to shapeshifting school. Um, You pick you pick that character out of all of the Dragon Ball characters. (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta say, points for being unexpected and for real though. For real though, I applaud you there. So Yamcha (laughs) starts off as one of the main protagonists in Dragon Ball. Ass kicked every time. Well, in how it starts, he does actually he beat bro. Goku starting off and like knocks him out cold. And then it was all downhill there for him <laughs> after <laughs> there that. <laughs> because, you know, Goku's just leaving the mountain and, you know, so, is still learning like how to fight and stuff. So, can you, you tell know. us about Yamcha's childhood at all? No, they don't really have much backstory for him besides like him starting off when he meets Goku. He's okay. just a, a bandit trying to rob him in Bulma with Puar, who is the shape-shifting cat. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, there's really no explanation as to why he could shape-shift besides that, you know, there's shape-shifting school. <laughs> Dope. But, you know, he starts off as a, as an enemy of Goku and, you know, keeps following him around throughout Dragon Ball for a good portion of it, you know, wanting to to steal the Dragon Balls once he finds out, you know, what they can do. And because he's such a tool and can't handle being around a woman is, you know, he wants to wish to be able to talk to women. <laughs> that's That's his whole motive. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he... He likes Bulma, but can't, like, talk to her and stuff. Um, so, you know, that, that's kind of his driving factor. So um, he's basically a Chad? Yeah. And, no, and like, dumb most, Chad. <laughs> and, and for the most part, he is still effective <laughs> in Dragon Ball, just because, you know, the power levels haven't quite gotten insane yet. Yeah, I You can't keep up with Goku, because, you know, Goku's just going through destroying the whole Red Ribbon Army and shit by himself, where Yamcha, you know, can maybe take on, you know, some of their soldiers and stuff, but obviously not do anything crazy like Goku can. Yeah, like, one at a time. You can't fight me if he's fighting me, okay? That's the rule for Yamcha. Yeah, you know, Yamcha's like, yeah, I, I got the one-on-one fight rule, like, you know, there's no, there's no gagging up here. It's not fair. Um, so, yeah. So, all throughout the series, he gets tricked by, you know, other girls that are, like, working for the Red Ribbon Army. Um, he gets tricked by, like, Launch, who just, you know, inexplicably disappears from the series. Um, <laughs> she has been one of the most confusing characters. For me. She, she pops up somewhere. I'm like, wait, who was that? And you're like, Launch. And I'm like, what? Who? <laughs> she's literally there, like, all throughout Dragon Ball, like, loves Tien and is in love with Tien. And I think is even in, like, the first couple episodes of Dragon Ball Z and then Toriyama was just like, I forgot about her. And just, she just never shows up again. Perfect. Uh, but, yeah, so Yamcha just, you know, gets screwed over by a bunch of women. And, you know, he doesn't eventually get a date Bulma. So at least that's a, like, slight win for him. Oh. Because yeah, until... Yeah, <laughs> we all know where the where that goes. We, you know, we all know what happens there. Basically, the stuff, or go ahead. Basically, the writers screwed him. Kind of like is. I on. mean, Toriyama makes him pretty much the oh, butt. So he finally got laid. Yeah, 
and he does he does decent after Bulma still too. He's a, he's at least somewhat of like a ladies' man when you know Dragon Ball Z comes around. Oh yeah, Yamcha doesn't have any problems with the ladies after that. He's fine. He gets his. You know, he slowly grows his confidence after a while. After I think you know being with Bulma, he definitely is the button of jokes and the character that that him and Krillin. He's worse than Krillin, but Krillin gets a little bit too. Well, and that's so what you guys would say that that pussy gets some ass. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, at least like Krillin has like significance where him dying triggers things throughout Dragon Ball and like Dragon Ball Z where, you know, it really pushes Goku because Krillin is, you know, Goku's best friend. Like, you know, they start training really young, like Yamcha's just kind of a side character around and, you know, he, he is a main character in the sense that he's there throughout the whole series. But, you know, he doesn't have as much of an impact when he dies compared to, like, Krillin. (laughs) So, you know, at the very least, you know, Yamcha is one of the strongest Earthlings. So, you know, he can beat up your average guy. I mean, yeah, he's definitely one of those that, like, if any normal person went up against him, he would just... Oh, yeah, for sure. As far as as Earthlings go in Dragon Ball, Yamcha is one of the top ones. Krillin's, like, the strongest, technically, isn't he? Like, like, Krillin is stronger. I mean, Tien is stronger. Oh, Tien is stronger. I always forget Tien's a human or Earthling. I mean, I I don't know. I think they mentioned that he might be, like, an alien with his third eye, but who knows? I thought, yeah, I was gonna say, I thought Tien was an alien. Tien's definitely an alien, He's an Earthling for all accounts otherwise. What's What's that other the little Bully. shit that was always rolling around with Tien. Oh, we're the, we're gonna Chow get there. <laughs> um, but anyway, I will say this about Yamcha. <laughs> we're gonna get there. <laughs> we're gonna get there. Don't worry. Uh, I will say this about Yamcha. He by far has the coolest special move name, in my opinion. The wolf, the wolf Fang, Fang Fist. A Wolf Fang Fist, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Wolf so he he does. He has some fun moves. He, he's effective in you know different points, but. Overall, he he is kind of like a joke of a character. <laughs> He's good at baseball. I mean, in you know, obviously, like spoilers, like we said, you know, we're gonna go through shit that's been out, you know. So if you haven't watched it, too bad. Um, <laughs> if you were waiting this long to you know watch like Dragon Ball or you know even Dragon Ball Super, it's like you know that shit's been out for like. Four I like to watch years stuff now. when the series is completely done. <laughs> it's it's been enough that you could have watched it. But Dude, yeah, even in Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Super, was like the nineties. Yeah, no, I mean, that's what I mean is, you know, Dragon Ball was the 80s, like Dragon Ball Z was the 90s, like GT was in the 90s, like Super stopped yeah, a couple years what back. What if our like, listeners are seven? Then you're then <laughs> well, they're wrong. this will get them into it. They want to know all about Yamcha then. All right, keep going. What's what's next? What, what do, yeah, what do you so, have you know, he, he obviously continues to be the butt of the joke, even through like Dragon Ball Super, where... They have a tournament of power, and he's just sitting around waiting for them to invite him to fight <laughs> the other universes. And the invite never comes because they don't think of him as like a capable fighter to be able to handle fighting other universes. Um, they, you know, bring Ouch. along like Krillin and Tien and stuff because they obviously are very capable fighters compared to Yamcha. And the best part is, is, you know, he has a famous pose from when he dies, which is, you know, hilarious of him just kind of like slightly curled and like, you know, his arms kind of like bent and legs bent up and, you know, just laying in the ditch dead. Um, 
And they even bring that back too, and like you know, other times when he gets like knocked out and dies, so it's just kind of like a a reoccurring thing of him pretty much being worthless. How many how many times has he died? Um, I think like I don't know if he's technically died the other times he's ended up in the pose. I think he's mostly been knocked out, so I think he's only died like the one time with with Nappa and Vegeta and. That's where we come back into Chao Tzu. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. trying to get you back to it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this is kind of like the honorable mention for, like, you know, funny deaths in the way that it's just, like, he grabs onto Nappa's back and, you know, it's an emotional moment between him and Tien because, you know, they've been together for so long. You know, not, like, together, together, but, you know, together. Uh, they've got, like, a telepathic link that, you know, they can speak to each other, you know, telepathically and stuff like that. So, you know, they're they're good friends. So it, it's emotional for TN, but, you know, everybody else watching, you're like, okay, this little thing that, you know, if you've watched the abridged versions, like Nappa calls a Pokemon, is, you know, going to take out <laughs> Nappa because Look, he's the big... you know you're hoping you're like okay maybe he is gonna take out nappa like this big hulking brute force of a saiyan that you know is just stomping on yamcha tien krillin like gohan and piccolo and you know he's latched onto his back you know nappa's so big he can't you know reach his like ass to you know wipe it like that's how big his muscles are so you know he can't get this tiny little pokemon off his back (laughs) and you know, he just goes all out with this huge self-destruct explosion. And you're like, all right, he did it. And it turns out that he didn't even, like, make a scratch on <laughs> Nappa after just the whole emotional aspect of him dying and sacrificing himself all for just absolutely nothing. It's like, it's like the buildup is everything he's charging. And it's like, ah, oh, and it goes to the explosion, and then it zooms out, and it's like a little firecracker firework on his back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But he died I... before realizing he didn't win, right? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. He, he's gone down and exploded. So, and... in his mind, he died smiling, thinking he, he was He probably was smiling, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I don't know if he was smiling, because I think he was crying as he was talking to TN. Ethan. Ethan, you don't know. You were you were the one crying. He was smiling. Were you there? I was there emotionally. Do you guys um, want to hear something hilarious? If you actually want to know who has died the most in the Dragon Ball Z universe or Dragon Ball universe, do you want me to tell you? Is it Goku? It is Goku, dude. Goku's yeah. died five times, bro. I feel like Goku, Goku and then probably and Krillin. Then, yeah, probably Krillin. It's Maybe Goku Piccolo. and Vegeta are the top two. Who else was the <laughs> other one? Krillin's got Goku and Vegeta there. are the top two. Yamcha's only died twice. Yeah, I was going to say it was once or twice. How many times? I mean, died? I think Frieza's technically died a couple times too. Krillin's at least died three times. Krillin's right? died. Frieza two. killed him the one time. Yeah, because he got killed by Frieza. He got killed by not Piccolo, but one of his like little like well, not Demon Piccolo. Um, he got killed by Drum, I think Holy is what it was called. Shit. Never mind, I was wrong. Krillin has died a total of seven yeah, times. That's what I was saying. He says, he says if you count Erasure as one, he's died eight times. That's <laughs> why <laughs> yeah. so I was like, no way, it's gotta be fucking Krillin, bro. But at least but, like his death like, always motivates something. Yeah, that's why <laughs> that it's the plot armor where Goku can't go anymore. They're like, fuck, we gotta kill Krillin again. Yeah, so I mean like other honorable mention deaths, like 
guess would be, yeah, you know, Krillin getting picked up by Frieza and just, you know, being exploded yeah. into a million pieces. Um, you know, Demon King Piccolo, Goku just literally flying through his whole body. Yeah, Krillin's got the shaft all through him. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, why I was like, there's no way that it's not Krillin. <laughs> well, no, because, yeah, because actually Frieza kills him twice. That's what I was going to say. I'm he pretty sure smashes, Krillin he smashes the horn through him, and Dende oh, heals him, and then Frieza kills him again. Because yeah. uh, I was going to say, it's they make a they make a joke about it in Super when, when he joins the team or whatever. Krillin's like, oh, man, I hope it doesn't kill me again or some shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of fun deaths, like, you know, Frieza yeah. getting cut in half. Yeah. Um, so, again, again, we can go on and on about Dragon Ball because it's been on forever. So, I guess we, the main thing, going back to it, Ethan, what is uh, the moral of Yamcha's overall story, I guess? I feel like, you know, it's even though you're not as good as someone else, just keep working. Like, you know, you can always get better. Like, he does obviously get stronger. And, you know, like we said, he is one of the strongest people. I'd on say Earth. his key, his most his most successful key moment he had was in Super when they had the baseball game against uh, Universe, whatever, his brother. But he does end up in his death pose at the end of that baseball game. He does, but he, he got a victory, <laughs> and then he was in the death pose as they got victory. But, yeah, um, no, I mean, so obviously, basically, like, persevere. You persevere, persevere, you get better, you endure. Die, you know, he got the girl of his dreams for a little bit, at least. Yep. At least, like a myth. That's what I was gonna say. Is the moral of the story is even if you're a dumpster and you get knocked out all the time, you can still get the chick. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you get back up again when you get knocked out, that's the main thing. I mean, well, like I said, even in Super, he was still hoping to get called to the <laughs> Universe Tournament. So trying, he was at least confident. Dude, one day, one day Yamcha is going to do something miraculous. Dude, he was on the emergency crew, bro. He's like that one guy on the bench that you bring to every game that never gets any playing time, but he's there just in case. My biggest hope for Super, like one of the filler episodes, I was hoping there was going to be like a Yamcha saves the earth like episode while while they were gone. Like that was going to make me so happy if they did that, but they didn't end up doing that. (laughs) It would have just been so great if they did. So, all right. Between well, him and Gohan, they probably got the shaft the hardest as far as the writing goes. Yeah, but at least Gohan is still like one of like the top like you know five strongest people in like all the universe. <laughs> what a, does Yamcha have a last name? What's Yamcha's last name? Oh my god, I don't know if it actually even said Yamcha Wolf Fang Fist. He's like Cher, dude. Yeah, yeah, I don't think that's that's one name. So we uh, we got through. He has a last name. I think it so is literally just Snow. Yamcha. Yamcha Snow. Like I'm trying to Yamcha find Snow. it. He oh, I found aliases. it. It's Lord Yamcha. Rikishioma. Rikishioma. I don't think they ever say that in like Yamcha's last ever. name is. It even says Yamcha's last name is apparently Rikishioma. What Kaboom said really. It appears that a lot of the Dragon Ball characters are not family men. His name is Ten Shinhen. Yeah, I know Tian Shinhen is like his. I don't think Chao Su, like they ever mentioned like his full name. Hmm. Same thing with like Yamcha, like Krillin. I don't think Krillin ever says like his like full name like ever. So, so we've gotten through Mr. Morden, Solus from Mass Effect, and now Yamcha, Lord Yamcha, right? Yeah, yeah, his aliases are Lord Yamcha, Yamcha, the hyena who made the desert his stronghold, the wolf fang fist master, and wolf boy by Krillin. 
and that's all he <laughs> that's all he was able to do because because Goku turned up and he couldn't do anything else. But... He does have his little like spirit ball that he could like move around and control. Which oh is yeah, cool that's true. Was... That's a little cool thing. So all right, cool. Well, Andy, it's down to to you and I. Would you like me to go, or would you want to go? You said that you wanted to go second or third, so go ahead. I'm good with either. Yeah, you cabbage. I didn't get to go second. Not yeah, who's going to pop Yamcha now? All right, so do you guys want to take a couple of cracks at who I'm doing before I do it? Can like, I have uh, a hit? Just completely before, it's like, from, no hits at all. Can it's I buy from, a vowel? It's from, it's from an older animated movie when we were kids. I don't know what the year was. When it, I think it was it Disney. Time. It is from the land before time. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> is it Littlefoot's mother? It is. That's why I was like, I don't want to give you guys too many hints because I know somebody will. <laughs> um, so yes, it is uh, Littlefoot's mom, a.k.a. Mama Longneck from fans, I guess is what people call her. Dude, I'm still traumatized from that shit, bro. Why do you have to bring that up, bro? <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. Okay, so <clears throat> Mama Mama Longneck from Land Before Time series, voiced by Helen Shaver, who I, you know. Like know Shaver with a V or Shaver with an F? With a V. S-H-A-V-E-R. Like, <laughs> She's Canadian. Uh, so <laughs> she, she is Canadian, I think. You're right. Um. She's uh, in the movie of Brontosaurus, uh, which they are referred to as long necks by the other dinosaurs. So, as because uh, they didn't people... have special words back then, they just called it what it was. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're gonna you're, we're gonna go into that. The dinosaurs there were were a little a little racist. So you're saying there was dinosaurs? Oh. There were. This was also the reason why I chose this one. Because I actually got to do a dinosaur, yo. I, I don't know how that took me so long to put together, but it makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. As you guys know, uh, Mama Longneck is the mother of the main protagonist in the films, Littlefoot. And she is married to his father, who I didn't realize that, but doesn't make an appearance until like way later. But his father's name is Bronn. Not Sir Longneck. Yeah, or Sir Braun from Game Dude, of Thrones. Dude, his dad was Braun. in Game of Thrones. Yeah, right. Maybe that's, why, maybe that's why he was so absent until later on is because he was dealing with Jamie fucking Lannister. <laughs> Braun came Lannister. along later on. Um, but yeah, so she was married to Braun. And then you also can't forget that uh, Mama Longneck was the daughter of Grandpa and Grandma Longneck. <laughs> very, very creative. <laughs> very, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be. It's gonna. It I like how his dad got a name Braun, but then the rest are yeah. just long the one, the one dude that's not even in the very first film. He's like absent. He's the absent father. He went to go get milk and never came back. And he's like, we'll give him a name, but we won't give the actual ones their name. So, but all right, anyways, milk, right? They were getting weed leaves back then. Oh yeah, they were because she brought yeah. him a weed leaf in the movie. Yeah. Right? Um. So, so a lot of uh, a lot of the dinosaurs in the first Land Before Time were very bigoted towards the other species, and uh, she, her parents, and I also believe Braun were not. Um, but with that being said, they still usually avoided the other species because things were done that way for a long time. <laughs> so. Tribalism, just standard tribalism. I am doing that currently. Mm-hmm. I'm avoiding the other species. <laughs> due to the coronavirus oh. pandemic stay safe right. out there y'all stay safe out there hashtag um, wrap your face 
So uh, Mama Longneck plays a major role in the original film um, during which, spoiler alert, she ultimately loses her life, but we'll get into that in a little bit. We're going to jump into kind of like her personality a little bit with what I got. She's uh, one of the wisest and most enlightened of all the dinosaurs, um, although not quite to the extent of her son. (laughs) So, um, however, she tends to accept the fact that a lot of the dinosaur herds tend to be segregated, even though, I mean, even her, she doesn't understand why it's so. All she really tells Littlefoot is that it's always been that way. And uh, I mean, it's not like you see like, you know, like penguins hanging out with, you know, killer whales. Like, well, that's the example you went with. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you can't teach an old dinosaur new tricks. This is true. (laughs) I mean, you know, the lions aren't hanging out with the giraffes on the savannah either. (laughs) Right. So. When, uh, when the only other child around at the time, Sarah, which was the little Triceratops. Yep. Sarah, we remember. We know. Yeah, get it, Triceratops. Wow. All right, man. Some and then don't. there was, what was it, Ducky? <laughs> because it was like a duck bill. And then um, Petrie was a pterodactyl for like yeah. a pterodactyl. Like, like a Petri dish? No, because the pea's silent. Because <laughs> like, you, know, like you can't hear a, a pterodactyl go to the back we actually no, based no. most of the no. main cast of death shifter on these dinosaurs yeah exactly but don't tell people that man so when the only other child around at that time sarah is not allowed to play with littlefoot because he's a long neck and sarah is a three horn littlefoot's mother comforts him by telling him that in the Great Valley, there will be many, many long necks for you to play with. I don't, I don't, that's his mother, I guess. However, the fact that she actually saves both Littlefoot and Sarah from Sharptooth shows that she is willing to abandon the racial taboos. Because his mom's the shit. It's Mama Longneck, bro. And she wasn't about to have that life. She wanted... She's woke. Yeah, she she was woke. She vibing out there. I keep thinking you're going to say, like, Mama Llama, and you're going to, like, go into it. <laughs> Mama Llama Llama? No, Mama Longneck. Um, at the time of her son's birth, the land suffers from geological, ecologic, and ecologic upheavals um, that include like drought, flooding, famine, um, and earthquakes. Determined not to let her son grow up in such an environment, she leads her herd in search of the Great Valley. Um, and she describes it to her son as a wonderful, beautiful place with green food, more than you could ever eat, and fresh, cool water, more than you could ever drink. She has no proof that the Great Valley actually exists, but it is guided by her belief that some things you see with your eyes, while others you see with your heart. Boom. God yeah. damn. Hippie. Hippie dippy. Hey, we said she was woke. There's a reason. Boom. She was woke, dude. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's kind of like her personality, her beliefs, and the reason why she kind of felt the way she felt about everything. Let's move into the whole family aspect of it. There's not any like really childhood. There was, I guess, there was a flashback in one of the like way older movies of of her with the with her grandparents, and it's it seems like a nice little long neck life. She's kind of frolicking around with her siblings and in a little lake, and that's pretty much all you see. So, it's what was her socioeconomic life? status? Her socioeconomic <laughs> status? Well, were they, they Cretaceous were, period? They, uh, dude, shut up. They were the land before time period. They were the land before time. Time didn't exist, okay? They were just dinosaurs, bro. I I took this shit seriously, okay? They They don't give a shit. Told the media. It's about to get more serious, so get ready, okay? So Littlefoot is the only son of Mama Longneck, which is shown in the beginning of the movie because she lays several eggs, but all of them are broken except for the one Littlefoot hatched out of because, you know, I I think it was the Raptors. Yeah, it was like I think it was the egg sealer. Um, they couldn't afford a home, but did Daddy 
Did Daddy Braun have more kids? Did Daddy apparently, nobody knows. Nobody knows where Braun is except for the writers. So um, she's shown to be a very loving mother to her only son because Littlefoot's egg is snatched by an egg stealer, and she attacks the egg stealer, causing him to drop the egg into the river. Because she's like, nah, bro, that's my only son. I'm keeping him. I don't want to give it to you. Yeah, she put in all that work. She can't lose all of them, right? That'd be that'd be. <laughs> then she'd just be a bad parent. Exactly, and we can't have that on TV. Um, so <laughs> when the egg rolls down onto dry land and hatches, she and uh, Grandma and Grandpa Longneck come down to where it's landed, and uh, Mama Mama Longneck licks her son lovingly because <laughs> that's how Longnecks show affection because they don't have hands. The old lick I was, was going to say, could you imagine if it was like, oh my God, look at that cute little baby, and her mom is licking her lovingly? Yeah, like in, that's what humans do. We take. Wait, we're not supposed neck. to do that. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, well, Ethan, you don't have kids. Yeah, but yeah. I thought you were just supposed to walk up and like. You definitely shouldn't be walking around thing. licking kids, Ethan. Yeah, yeah like, how else are you supposed to know if it's yours uh, or not? You got to know the taste. Oh my I'm god! Not even what? I'm not even going to comment. <laughs> we need to cut that. So, out. Uh, going back to the to the actual dinosaur licking here. Um, <laughs> he shows the actual he shows, dinosaur he shows, uh, he shows Littlefoot shows fear of several small creatures who are congratulating his family and she lifts him up in a Lion King moment and puts him on her back and everybody is kind of like woo which is, which is weird because uh, the, they're like all segregated and all of a sudden they're all like yay <laughs> So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where the writers were going. They're like chosen one. Which we're going to get more into because there's a spot at the end that's about to get really, really great. So um, going through all of that, we're now about to get to Mama Longneck's sad and unfortunate death. So prepare yourselves. It's much compared to as a Bambi-like death because of how it's in the movie, I guess. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, one, uh, one late night near dawn, Littlefoot and Sarah are chilling and uh, Sharptooth decides to come out and attack them. And Mama Longneck sees it and she's the only one there to help. So she runs over and she puts up a tremendous fight against this scary Sharptooth Tyrannosaurus Rex that somehow found him. And as she puts up a fight, she's able to knock the Sharptooth into a into the big underground, which is the bottom of a Grand Canyon-like gorge um, that had just been torn open by a tremendous earthquake. But however, because, you know, plot armor, the sharp tooth is not dead. Because just, a, apparently a Tyrannosaurus Rex can fall down into a massive <laughs> Grand Canyon-like gorge and take no damage. And Well, every supervillain can do it. So, so right. you're basically saying that he got Mufasa, but he lived. Oh, dude, he... He was scarred. He wasn't Mufasa. He, was, he got scarred, but lived. He careened off a cliff the and reason to why the he lived. His name should be Ray. The reason why he <laughs> lived was because there wasn't a stampede happening down there. Yeah, uh, the stampede is what did it. That's what did it. So this fleeting victory cost Littlefoot's mother her life, as Sharptooth had bitten a large chunk of flesh out of her back and gashed her neck in their fight. Implying that she probably had died from blood loss, but you know, kids movie. So with her last movie, I saw gore in with her. Yeah, that's dude. With her last breath and her last word, she tells her son to search for the great valley and that she will be with him even if he can't see her. So that was what um, was the comedic part of her death. That was the short-lived and um, (laughs) life. There's we're gonna get to it, you butthole. Um, (laughs) The the comedic part comes. I'm not. I'm not gonna get there yet. 
So anyways, <laughs> um, her spirit would again appear later um, to aid her son in times of need, like a Mufasa type thing. You know, Yoda, um, Mufasa, and all the good so, stuff. So like it was, it was, uh, it was, uh, he was trying to get to the Great Valley. She ended up like turning into, I have it somewhere right here. Her last appearance at the end of the first film with Littlefoot despairs of ever finding the Great Valley. She takes to the form of a long neck shaped cloud to guide him into the Great Valley, whereupon a beam of light comes from her heart and the light shines on Littlefoot and spreads to illuminate the Great Valley below. And that's where Littlefoot would be reunited with his grandparents. So yeah, she she did. Uh, well, I guess Littlefoot would get the her, his vengeance on Sharptooth uh, with his friends. <laughs> they yeah. just they just hunt down this T Rex to murder. Yeah. <laughs> After several encounters of running away from Sharptooth because he was hunting them down, basically um, they John they, disaster. They came up with a plan to finally <laughs> stop him. And uh, <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. Um, what happened? What had happened was Ducky jumps into a big old water and tries to swim because Littlefoot's smart. Little, little smart, bro, and he knows that the Tyrannosaurus Rex can't swim. Well, so, yeah, it's got those tidy little arms. Yeah, so Ducky swims out into the big old water, also known as a lake or pond, jackass, and... And as they get him to where they need to go, they're going to drop a boulder on his head, and the boulder can't get there in time because they're not strong enough. And as they're doing it, Sarah appears because I don't know what she was doing, but she comes over and helps him drop the boulder and the boulder falls. Doesn't she like straight run to it and like ram the fuck out of it with her head? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like Sarah's style. That's got her crazy style written all over it. Yeah. And it falls, (laughs) it falls and hits the sharp tooth, but with the sharp tooth last reach, because he's got those massive Tyrannosaurus Rex arms, he grabs Petrie who's mm-hmm. chilling, like directing him and, and takes him down into the water below. And they're all like, ah, oh, shit, we did it. But Petrie's dead. And without even like looking for him, they're like, we're, and they leave. Dude, this movie was traumatic. As they're leaving, Petrie on his own swims back up to the surface and catches up to him. And is like, cool, bro. You, you, you guys just left me there to die. <laughs> <laughs> like sick, dude. So, basically uh, like, oh well, so, he's yeah. dead. See you later. They were, they were completely accepting of all this. Beast so little, little, little Foot's mom was able to rest in peace after watching her son kill the sharp tooth and get to the Great Valley. And and yeah, anyway, so to the funny part of this death is the production of the movie. Steven Spielberg and George Lucas were worried that some of the scenes in the original movie, especially the fight sequence between Littlefoot's mom, Mama Longneck, and the sharp tooth, and her resulting death would be too frightening or even psychologically damaging to young children. Well, they nailed that one. Her death was originally going to be one of the scenes that were cut from the original footage until it was realized that this would bring problems in explaining why Littlefoot would have to venture on his own to the Great Valley. So they're like, <laughs> should we cut this out? And they're like, well, we can't yeah, cut it out. We're gonna have, it was like, like it's what? literally what? the plot so, device that so, runs the movie. You ready? So the producers, Mr. Mr. Spielberg and Mr. Lucas, decided to call in several psychologists to examine the scenes and give their feedback. It was then decided that the scene would stay, but that the character of Reuter, who literally shows up for like two minutes, would be added in a later scene to soften the emotional blow of Littlefoot's mother's death. Reuter is a mole-like dinosaur who appeared for one scene, which, like I said, was about two minutes. And really, he only said a couple of inspirational words to help him remember his mom would always be with him and then leave. <laughs> so he was like the Timon and Pumbaa of just yeah, being like, like, forget about your dad dying. But like, but like Timon and Pumbaa are legit characters that are in the movie. <laughs> this motherfucker shows up for two minutes and is like, your mom's dead. She's always going to be with you from the heart. Love and well, peace. Now, Later, dude. Which <laughs> one came out first? Did the Lion King come out afterwards? I don't know. I think Lion King... 
I think Lion King was out first. I mean, <laughs> to be fair, though, at least he had that. I mean, so. as a character, like, without having that, it kind of would have sucked even worse. <laughs> basically, you know I mean? so. basically, to me, it sounds like everybody on this movie was lazy as hell, didn't want to change the story, and instead <laughs> got psychologists to examine the scenes and give their feedback. When, in my opinion, it probably would have been easier to change the story up a little bit. Like, bro, his dad wasn't there. Why couldn't the mom just go out to try to find the dad and gets trapped by the sharp tooth and the little foot has to save her or something? Like, they literally or, easy ways around it. They could have just done it where her mom lives and he goes <laughs> yeah. to look for his dad. There were so many ways around this, in my opinion, and they were just like, nah, we need to teach the youth. They'll they'll be okay. They won't be traumatized from yeah, this. Like, even though they legit called in several fucking psychologist to examine the scene and then kept it in there <laughs> they were like it's Outrageous. gonna be too traumatic and then they called so, in a bunch of people they're like add a hippie we'll yeah, be fine so they, they basically turned her into a mix of like bambi and mufasa and just kind of went with it um and all, you know be that's a good what one. i will say uh the moral of, of mama Longneck is like she's that hope that inspiration that always is there with you even if it's not i guess is kind of how they made it out to be and did um, she die with a smile on her face? She's like, yeah, of course. She she, in her yeah, mind, she, she thought. Her in her mind, she thought she killed the sharp tooth. And in that last breath, I think she was happy and smiled, saying her son was going to make it there. So well, Jimmy thought smile. he farted, but so, he shit his pants. The last thing I'm going to say before Andy is, Mama Longneck will be cherished in our hearts forever. She was taken too soon from us to know the true her. Damn you, Steven Spielberg and George Lucas again. <laughs> just gonna, they're gonna do a remake and replace with walkie talkies. I can't believe out of all the people, it was Steven Spielberg dude, and George when Lucas. When I saw that, I lost my mind. Spielberg and George Lucas. That's why I said, "Damn Did you!" Did you have an existential crisis for again? <laughs> yeah, for real. Again. Uh, again. Oh god! Oh man! Yeah, it was like I did all of that and then got to that last part and was just like, "How did this work out so well?" <laughs> Oh, uh, yep. So that uh, that is my little spiel on Mama Longneck and her. She was taken too soon, man. That's all. Uh, yeah, so now we got to guess Andy's. Yep. I'll just tell you, mine is Watership Down. No, just kidding. <laughs> what? Is that the Bunny is Rabbit that, movie? Is that like, is that like, like, is that like Black Hawk Down, but like a submarine <laughs> instead? Like It's the animated rabbit movie where they get massacred. <laughs> All right, you guys want to guess mine? It's a video game. And I'll give you this hint. It's the most, like, mainstream character, I think, out of everyone that we've done so far. Uh, Mario? No. <laughs> Good guess. What kind of video game? It's close to Mario. It's so a side-scroller, like, platform? Yeah. Is it Mega Man? Nope. Man, uh... we suck. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Is it... All right, do you want the answer? Is it is how old is it? <clears throat> uh, it's pretty old. Eighties, eighties, nineties. Is it the little yeah. dude from like Pitfall? Nope. <laughs> is it from Mortal Kombat? Nope. Oh, Shit. Fuck. <laughs> um. Give us another hint. It's uh, the Atari uh, paddle. Okay, he's the hero, right? Uh huh. And there are other heroes of this series that are modeled almost exactly the same in other games. Is it Castlevania? Fuck yeah, it is. Let's go. Alucard. All right. We Let's are doing, go. I have a disclaimer like Ray. This was the, this is not considered canon by Konami, but it did happen in one of the <laughs> games. We're doing the death of Simon Belmont. 
Simon um, Belmont. Let's go. Yes. <laughs> like he's the most mainstream, and you're probably gonna have like a select like cult following. Simon Belmont is no, they have like the show on Netflix. Dude, and they just the, the fourth from the season. very I need first to catch game. up because that it, an, another and we've been promoting a lot of stuff on here, but if you haven't watched that show oh, on Netflix, it's so dope. Good. These are not paid advertisements. <laughs> All right, continue, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, Simon. So uh, he was in the first and second game and others. I did a little bit of uh, fan fiction here, and I took in elements of one of his other games that is not in the same timeline for his background and his childhood. So now by fan fiction, are you talking about like, you know, him getting no. together with like one of the other like Draculas or something like oh like, yeah obviously the fight scene comes down and instead of a fight <laughs> scene he like throws the whip and pulls him closer and is like I've been waiting yeah. for this there's <laughs> the appropriate <laughs> amount of smut that comes with fanfic perfect <laughs> perfect <laughs> love it yeah so Simon Belmont his Japanese name is uh, Shimon Berumondo um was unaware of that okay yeah. He was born in the 17th century, they believe around 1669, in like the surrounding <laughs> nice. area of Wallachia, like the forests and uh, mountains up there. Cool. <clears throat> His parents are Trevor Belmont and Saifa Belnades. Uh, they what? were living... <laughs> what? <laughs> what, the, what was that second name you just said? <laughs> Belnades. She's in the show, Saifa Belnades. That's the one that's in the show. Oh, that is the two of them. The isn't speaker. It? I know. Yeah. Okay, that is her. Okay, I didn't yeah. realize that was her last name. So Simon is their kid, and uh, they gotcha. lived in the Belmont stronghold in yeah the mountains and forests outside Wallachia. Yeah, I said that, which is in like southern Europe, basically. Um, so they lived there pretty peacefully for the first like six years of Simon's life. Like he had a pretty good childhood. Um, you know, they were they were monster hunters before this. They fought Dracula, fought tons of shit. I, I'm not going to get into Whoa, with shit, Mila Jokovic too much. What? They were monster hunters with Mila Jokovic. Not exactly. Oh, I was like, I was thinking of Underworld with Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> it's more like that. It's more like that for sure. Oh, OK, more like more like Underworld with Kate Beckinsale. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So his parents. I have written here. I, I wrote this while I was working. His parents got sna- sniped Batman style by the forces of Dracula when he was only about six years old. So sniped, sniped Batman style. Batman style. <laughs> so from like a few off feet with away, a dark origin, like with with a with a, like bows and arrows, right? Because you said 17th century or something. Yeah, but not exactly. They weren't really sniped. So Trevor, what happened was Trevor one day was anytime like, any listeners so, anytime so Andy dude. says yeah, but not exactly. It's a drink. This dude whole ass walked up with a bow and arrow and point blank someone. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. You know, Dracula's evil was spreading throughout the land a, a bit too aggressively. So Trevor had to set off to do something. He had to go confront Dracula, and so obviously he went to his castle like everyone does. And fought him there. But uh, he was killed during their final confrontation. And afterwards, Dracula was so enraged by the attack, he sent lichens to the Belmont stronghold to finish off Mommy and Simon. After this, his castle disappeared from the area. He decided to take off, maybe go to Transylvania. I think that's different. Wait, his Wallachia. castle disappeared? Yeah. You, have you watched the show? I thought you I said have, you liked but it. I, I have. Other people might. 
not have? Oh, sorry, sorry. Dracula's castle is magical, <laughs> and like, it teleports you're just, around. You're saying it like people know. Like his castle just disappeared. Everybody's sorry. like, "What?" <laughs> his castle can teleport around, and he just decided to peace out of there for whatever yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Context. Um, yeah. So the Lycans went to kill Siphon Simon. They succeeded on taking out Mom, but you know, just like Littlefoot's mom, she fought till the end. And gave Simon a chance to escape, which Mama he barely did with his life. Mama Longneck. Mama Longneck. <laughs> so, you know, he's scarred by this. He, he's, he swears vengeance on Dracula, just like Batman swears vengeance on crime. And uh, <laughs> Crime as a whole, he's one singular person. He's, he's, he's basically Batman. He's basically yeah. Batman. <laughs> but he kills monsters. So he fleed into the mountains and was taken in by a mountain tribe. Is so that implies said. that Batman didn't kill monsters. I've seen Man Bat. Uh, yeah. He does. Cool. I guess different. he doesn't kill them. He kills different No, types he kills of some monsters. He Dude. kills like parademons from Dark Side's army. Yeah. <laughs> yep. See? Um, Those were people once. Dude, yeah, you can't. Were. I've we, Andy and I have watched Batman movies, and during the movies, we literally are like, "He just killed those people." <laughs> no, he's just taking a nap. Wait Dude, a second, yeah. that was a warehouse full of people. He drove <laughs> he just, a bomb into and blew up the whole yeah, warehouse. He dropped a dude all the way down a seven foot elevator shaft, shaft, and then the dude, whole that thing collapsed. I don't think that guy's alive. <laughs> he may not be dead, but he's a paralyzed vegetable the rest of they're his like, life. They're like Christian Bale didn't kill people. I'm like, dude, he literally dropped a dude down an elevator. Shaft. <laughs> it was so funny because it was like we're shooting missiles at cars. We started and Andy was like, "Yeah, Batman doesn't kill people." And Sean and I the whole time were like, "He just killed somebody." <laughs> <laughs> he literally just did that. They're sleeping. They're See sleeping. what happens is when I fight criminals, they get really tuckered out. They have to take it. They get just out. very tired. You need That's Pete Holmes, though. It's not me. I didn't have that one. All right. Um, yeah, he runs into the mountains, takes in, taken in by a mountain tribe. Um, you know, due to his family name of Belmont, he was already doomed to the violent and horrific life that would be a demon hunter and vampire slayer. Naturally. But like now his drive to avenge his parents was just fueled to high heavens by, you know, Dracula killing him. So dude, dude, yeah, is Abraham pissed, Lincoln dude. vampire slayer secretly a Belmont? That, he, dude, I hope that so. movie is on Netflix and I almost watched it the yeah, other day. Yeah, that's legit <laughs> ally. We're getting so off track. I'm so sorry. No, it's all good. But that um, is a good So, movie. yeah. Yeah. He's motivated to kill Dracula. He grew up hard. He grew up fast. Um, and he was kind of an outcast. He grew up tribe. hard and fast. He grew up hard. He grew up <laughs> fast. And he was kind of an outcast. That uh, was beautiful. Just like Ethan, <laughs> Ethan's street life. During growing up on the <laughs> streets. Street just like life. Ethan. Streets of LA, baby. But it didn't take him long before men came to fear his prowess in the arts of war. And, Ooh. uh, even though Dracula up in peace, there were plenty of monsters for him to hunt and, you know, gain experience as a prolific monster hunter. So this is where shit goes off. Um, 22 years later from the, when he was six years old. So he's like 28 now on Easter day. Dracula and his castle are summoned back to Wallachia <laughs> he by a dark order of humans during a dark mass in an Ooh. abandoned monastery on did I already say Easter? You yeah. did, but say yeah. it again. You should have added dark Easter in there a couple day. more times too, like a dark monastery. Mm, like, yeah. It was a on dark was Easter a, day. A dark Easter, dark Easter day. <laughs> it was a dark Easter with a monastery on a dark monastery. Easter All day. I know is everything you said sounds 
like it's gonna dark. be bad. Sounds dark. very dark. And obviously, he like executed them on site, but he wasn't able to teleport away immediately because it kind obviously. of drains the battery. Clearly, he executed them all on site. So exactly <laughs> what he did is yeah. murdered all of them naturally. Yeah. And he, uh, so, so he can't teleport for a bit because his, his castle's got to recharge the juice. It's on cooldown. His ult's on exactly. cooldown. <laughs> exactly. And Simon saw this as an opportunity to take the fucker out. So That's Castlevania cool. won. Here we are. Simon goes to Dracula's castle. Oh, I thought you were going to be like Castlevania 1, Dracula 0, or like something like that. <laughs> well, it's called something weird like Monster Castle or Monster Mansion. Like the Japanese it translation the is not mash. Castlevania. It was the monster. It was the monster mash. Literally. <laughs> he he went mash, in there dude. and he beat them all down, all the way up to the main floor where Dracula's sitting in his stupid ass chair. I mean, yeah, I, oh, and he used his magical uh, Belmont family whip, Ooh. which here I have written, uh, this is not the whip's name, but in all caps I have written, Wakrakia! And- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like its name could be Wakrakia. <laughs> it could be, like Wallachia, but Wakrakia! So, um, using the magic whip, holy water, daggers, axes, and a magic boomerang cross, and a magic time-freezing <laughs> stopwatch. work? <laughs> Like you know, I don't know. It's Dude, it's like a boomerang, but it's a cross. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure it has like it's... holy light shining on it as it like yeah, boom, boom, exactly. boom, boom around, flies around. Exactly. I don't know. I couldn't think of the word, so I used the sound effect. I was just <laughs> thinking because like the boomerang is like its specific shape to boomerang, like how a cross would work the same. Just doesn't That's why you right. say it was a cross shaped boomerang. It's the perfect <laughs> Duh. explanation. Duh. What else? I'm trying to put it? logics into it, Ethan. It works. It's a cross orang. Whatever. A, a Jesus ring. So, um, he like the Lord, there. it always comes back. He kills Dracula. <laughs> There's a lot of different theories on how he killed Dracula. A lot of people think he used mostly daggers or holy water. Other people say he just soloed it with the whip in like. <laughs> Dude, hell yeah! Run. I'm all about that. <laughs> That's where the the, yeah. the whip is where the fan fiction came in, just whipping him a bunch. So- he worked. You know, no one really knows exactly how he Ow, did it. But stop that stings. Many different interpretations. So he totally toasts Dracula's ass. So seven yeah, years after this pass, and uh, ever since the day of their battle, Simon started to become more ill every day. Oh. Um, and one day, while fa- uh, visiting his family's gravesite, he feared that his death was nearing because he felt so shitty. Uh, suddenly a mysterious woman appeared behind him in the morning mist. This is thought to be his mommy's spirit, but we don't know for sure. <laughs> this this, is, this is the land before time. Mama Longneck appeared for him too? <laughs> When's Sarah right. going to show up and help him with the boulder? Dude, don't spoil it. <laughs> yeah. So she explains to him that Dracula cursed one of the wounds that was inflicted on Simon. It was on his back. So apparently Simon or Dracula dug his claws into Simon's back when he was whipping him real oh, hard. Dude, so, this is fan fiction. Dude, I told you <laughs> there's a little bit of smut in this. Um, very this is getting better and better. <laughs> so she told him that he has to now go collect Dracula's remains, but they're very specific remains. He needs a nail, a rib, uh, his heart, an eyeball, and a ring. Because apparently a ring... Bro, she's going to MacGyver some crazy thing for herself. 
<laughs> no, basically, he needs to gather those things and burn them in the ruins of Dracula's castle where he killed Dracula seven oh. years prior. Oh. And only then could he lift the curse and live on. And this is Simon's Quest, Dracula 2, that we're in now. Electric so, um, <laughs> Yeah. Before God embarking on his quest, she warned him that while this would defeat Dracula and lift the curse, it may not be enough to kill Dracula permanently because that would end the game series and these are selling pretty well. You just you remind me of that guy on YouTube that does his TikToks now where we used to watch where he goes through the like uh sit-ins of the movies <laughs> due to sit into Castlevania. Oh, so that's the end of the game. Well no, we want to keep making these because these are making quite a bit of money for us. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So oh, we, okay. We gotta keep the villain alive for a few more games at least until we exactly. can introduce a new big bad somehow. Dude, plot uh, until armor he was lives long, long enough to become the hero like he does. Anyways, uh, we, we don't have to get into all that. Sometimes so, you live long, long enough to become the hero villain. Exactly. I don't know how it goes anymore. <laughs> it goes all ways. <laughs> but mommy like, disappears Simon into the mist. Apparently. Basically, she you say that again. What'd you say? Mommy disappears into the mist after this, and oh, Simon begins good. his quest. So, since the return of Dracula's castle, you know, it hasn't moved since he killed everyone inside of it. Um, the land became overrun with like a lot more darkness and monsters and demons. So, this made travel between the villages very difficult in the area. Okay. Um, most of the time, villagers offered simon help as a thank you for killing dracula but some of the villagers were like oh you're gonna gather all of his things and bring him to the castle like isn't that just gonna resurrect him so <laughs> a lot of them actually like conspired against simon and fed him misinformation or just wouldn't speak to him they were like dude your mom is full of shit <clears throat> i think yeah. your mom is trying to bang uh dracula he could be so, although his body was ravaged by the cursed, his quest was a success. He pillaged the mansions. Oh, yeah, all of these things are in mansions scattered throughout the like area. Dude, why would there just be mansions? Yeah, yeah. Come there's on. just We're mansions everywhere. He battled hordes of monsters to obtain and reunite Dracula's remains. He even battled death itself outside of Dracula's castle, which was otherwise abandoned by humans and monsters alike. You so when you say he, what was what, what did death look like? You've uh, oh, uh, I can send you the picture. I mean, no, like, like explain it to people. The, the Grim yeah, Reaper. Please if describe you could it. Just picture the Grim Reaper with a Burbatum. scythe and thousands of scythes shooting <laughs> oh, out of his ass at you. That's him. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> like of scythes coming so out. Every time, dude every just time. like shit scythes. Every time yep, your instinct is to just go, you know what he looks like. I know, I know what he looks like. <laughs> I will send you the picture. Well, yeah, but that doesn't do anything doesn't for the listeners. Us. All right, guys. Andy just sent me the picture. If you can see it here, great. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let me turn my video on really quick. Ethan, you're good at that. Can you please do it? Andy actually would have sent you the let me Google that for you link. But there you go. that's okay. So uh, in the same room, he slayed Dracula seven years prior. He laid the remains down. And before he could burn them, the presence of a sixth unknown body part, Dracula's Fang, oh. actually resurrected the castle's master. Their battle once again <laughs> shook the very fight. magical foundation of the castle. Dude, Simon could you imagine going through all this shit and then a tooth, dude, all of a sudden <laughs> brings this dude back and you're like, fuck me sideways. <laughs> I'm just I, I, <laughs> 
this is this is where I just want to give up. I have to do all of this <laughs> like, work, I'm, and you just have to do that. What is this? I'm done. Gotta remember, his I'm body's been it. ravaged too. He's sickly as fuck during all this. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. There's but like nothing like. Like this tiny body slowly growing from like a tooth, and he's just like dragging himself around by this one fang. Or but Castlevania is all about living the Belmont life and getting rid of the Belmonts and having a new Belmont come along to continue the story. So right, right. correct, yeah. Boom. But I mean, still... when you sign up to be a monster hunter, you don't really expect retirement. I guess. I mean, dude, just if I had to do all that and Dracula came back in that way, dude, I, that's enough to piss off the Pope. Like, the yeah, game you guys you. don't even have to try to bring him back. Like, at least try. <laughs> like, dude, I just gathered all this shit. I came all the way back here to the place I got cursed to get rid of this thing. And now your bitch ass is here again. I'm tired of this. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. I'm, I would leave. I'm tired <laughs> of these motherfucking Draculas in these motherfucking mansions. <laughs> so once again, we don't know exactly how he defeated him. He could have just repeatedly hurled sacks of holy water at him to weaken him before finishing him off with the whip. That's I how, like the you know, I like the idea of the whip stinging him and it being like a long battle of him going, whoops, ow, stop. <laughs> oh God, no, stop. Please no. Like Dracula's not even fighting him. Like, oh my God, I hate this. Do it again. <laughs> I can't even get near you with that fresh. Dude, stop! I, I hope he doesn't keep fucking VIP. <laughs> he lays down on the bed like with his butt in the air. Oh, I hope he doesn't he's do it like again. That, he's like that <laughs> Callan family guy. Pulls out the ball gag and is like, oh, please no. don't do it again. Do it again. Do it again. <laughs> Dracula may be a masochist. I'm sure he is. And He's, he's lived a long time, so I would say he probably is. He's got to have done them both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he beats him down once again. Burns Dracula's remains immediately, but the uh, quest had taken a bit too long. He had he had taken too long to get everything and uh, from all the mansions throughout the land that, you know, the villagers that were like misleading him probably didn't aid in this. And uh, the fucking curse had already kind of taken its taken its toll. It was lifted. But his body couldn't really take any more. And since it was lifted, I think in his final moments of blood loss from the vicious battle, the corners of his mouth probably curled into a stern but satisfied smirk <laughs> as he lay there next to his foe. That is satisfied. With the wall for nothing, he should have just so like after I like I like after to think all that. He gathered everything, showed up. He was like brittle, boned, and dead, basically. Dracula comes back just to get his ass whooped again. And then he's like, I'm done. I'm out of here. And I like to think when he's laying there with that that yep. smirk, last his last breath, he gets one last whip in with like... <laughs> and that's when the credits roll. Yeah. And then, and but then, no, and then he, and rolls looks, the, he looks the, the camera straight in the face and says, wait, do you guys see my dinosaur? <laughs> Castlevania is, 3 when dinosaurs okay. attack. You know, I know that Castlevania wasn't as uh, revolutionary as a game as Mass Effect, but back in the 90s, <laughs> this was no, a game you it, could affect uh, it was, the outcome. It absolutely was. Yeah, it was the first game to have a whip, probably. Uh, back in the day, I'd say it was, it was revolutionary for sure. Man, Castlevania yeah. was a huge follow, and it changed a lot up for... And you could affect the outcome of Simon's quest depending on how you played. And this is the ending you get if you took too long. If you beat it fast enough, Simon does live 
Bond. So what is the moral of Mr. Simon Belmont's story? (laughs) Don't take too long. (laughs) Don't take too long. (laughs) Don't take too long. (laughs) This motherfucker went through so much, and that's the moral of his story. But also, patience is a virtue, but this dude needed to hurry the fuck up, and he did not. And if a, I was if a motherfucker say, pops your parents, you make sure you get your vengeance no matter what. The moral, the moral of the story I got from him is to to whip it, whip it real good. Whip it, just whip it, <laughs> whip it good. Oh man, well, I'd say, I'd say that was a that was a pretty successful and, and fun episode we we did there for some fictional characters. Um, <laughs> we're definitely definitely going to do it again. We'd love some recommendations for from anybody. I know we got one coming up. We're not going to spoil it yet because it's going to be a fun one. It's going to be... We're going to do the same actor for different characters is all I'm going to say. Um, that'll be one of our next ones. Oh, wait. Really, we're really... We're doing that? We're going to do that one. It's going to be great. Dude, so, yes. I'm so glad be, we're that'll doing that. That'll probably be the next, the next fictional mix we'll do. It'll be a special for so-and-so but we're that's we're gonna leave it at that sir so, something, we'll, something we'll probably jump back we'll probably jump back and do a couple of real ones get back in the flow and switch it up because we're gonna we're gonna focus on the death address are you talking about sir snyder bigglesworth like yes. we're yeah. actually doing that i'm so snyder's excited yep wow so, dude I'm definitely down. definitely keep listening to our death addresses let us know what you guys want to hear talk about we're having a blast doing it can't wait to do more and and stay frosty motherfuckers <laughs> jesus don't, don't die don't pull them on the long neck. What is I don't I said it because the cool kids have been saying it. What does that mean? See, Belmont <laughs> didn't tip his death guide. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Belmont didn't tip his death guide. Instead, he fucking killed it. <laughs> yep. Seriously. He it. And that death Real guide was good. way more hardcore than ours. Was like, dude, I'm just trying to shoot my at scythe at you, and you're just whipping them back at me. I'm just shooting my shot. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the death address. Follow our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive information on what's to come and to ask us questions. Take a look at our website at www.deathshifter.com. You can find all of the links there as well as some information about the Death Shifter team. If you're interested in supporting the show, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash deathshifter. We'll see you all next time. Till then, take care of yourselves and don't forget to tip your death guides. Time to learn. Time to laugh, it's the death of dread.